Welcome to the Gamer's Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, <laughs> this week, and uh, Jocelyn is out of town. Remember last week when we talked about possibly uh, not missing any more shows until BlizzCon? Well, we were incorrect in that statement. Jocelyn is not here. She's out of town, and I'm hosting, and I've brought in a guest, Bo Schwartz. How's it going, man? Hey, Ryan. How you doing? It's been so long since you've been on. I'm excited you're here. Well, you know, we had a tradition of doing BlizzCon predictions two mm-hmm. years, and then I went to BlizzCon and didn't do didn't do Gamers In. It's true. Are you going to BlizzCon this year? I am. That's I am, good. In fact, the plane tickets have been purchased. Secret handshakes and deals have been made. Mm. Um, I will get to have access to some fun stuff. It sounds like I'm it. I'm looking forward to it. Because you're on the inside now, right? Now that you do, now that core is, <laughs> yeah, is this big I'm, thing. I, of course, there's an Illuminati that actually in Blizzard. <laughs> they don't want you to know about it, but it's a podcast Illuminati. No, That's I'm really fully good. funded by Blizzard. They just pay me to say good things about their game. Uh, I'm about a month and a half behind on core. You don't. You guys don't always say good things. Sometimes there's there's bad things in that Sorry. game. I, I, was, I was being slash slash s. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, well, you know, I don't. You know, it's gonna be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to living vicariously through my many friends who are going to BlizzCon. Uh, but before we move on, I wanted to talk about the elephant in the room, and that's Extra Life. Extra Life is upon us. Join the team today. Donate and tune in. We're going to be having events on October 27th and November 10th, just to mention a couple of dates. Uh, Jocelyn and I have figured it all out. We've solved all of our Extra Life problems. If you go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018, you can check out the team. You can check out our schedule. We've got a great host of folks who are going to be playing video games and support a charity. So I do encourage you to check that out. I, just as a little tidbit, if you want to see me play Resident Evil 7, it's probably a thing that's going to happen uh, on stream on October 27th. So hopefully... You guys go and donate. That's going to be a, a small promotion we're doing through Zombies Ate My Podcast. So I'm not looking forward to Resident Evil 7, but a lot of people really want me to play it. And uh, yeah, but before we get into the video game talk, I did want to just address one other thing. And that's the fact that uh, you're right, Bo. You haven't been on in over a year. And I kind of miss our BlizzCon episode. So I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on Crofton being here uh, on the show. I, I was going to say, you missed... You, you said, we're going to speak about the elephant in the room. And I'm like, Crofton's <laughs> clearly the elephant. Yeah, he's here. I, I was trying to see how long you guys were going to make it awkward for me. You did a pretty good job. <laughs> I feel like I'm sweating now. Yeah, no, I I didn't want to go any further because I started to feel really bad uh, because I'm Canadian and, and uh, I felt really bad. So I'm glad that we're all here. We're doing a podcast. It's funny. There was an exchange on Twitter. Bo was invited on the show. Uh, Crofton already does a show with me, so, you know, I, I figured, like, he doesn't want to be on. It's already, it, he already gets enough. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they were talking about an exclamation point, which is a podcast you both did back in the day, and still do. Back in the day, it was only, like, a year ago, right? So Back in the day, 2017. <laughs> it feels so far. Well, we only did so one long. episode. We put the show on hiatus, and we just do that show when we feel like doing a show. And, uh, well, this Witcher game, I'm starting to play it now, so, mm-hmm. uh, I can I'm... actually speak to Crofton about the game when we were doing EXM, the part of part of the show for a long stretch. Like season three EXM podcast was like 
Crofton's talking about Witcher, and I'm going, uh-huh, I haven't played it, I haven't played it. And then now it's three years later. And I'm, I'm it was it was Bo talking about Heroes of the Storm to Crofton talking about The Witcher 3, the podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's that's essentially, you could rebrand it that, and it would be fairly accurate. That sounds about right. And, I mean, you know, not to take the internet. I mean, obviously, we were talking pre-show. Obviously, you guys are going to have, like, a Witcher episode where you've both then finished it. And you're going to talk about it. And, and I don't want to steal that thunder, but I am curious. I do want to hear about Bo's experience with The Witcher 3. And, I mean, let's talk about it because this is not a game made by Blizzard that you're checking out. And it's not, it's, it's, it's a very different experience, you know. Uh, and and well, did Crofton's, like, was it a bomb, like a time bomb in your head and it finally went off? And it's like, oh, I should play that game that Crofton was talking about. Like, that's what we no. all want to know. No, we don't want no. to give Crofton too much credit. He doesn't care what I think. Oh. No, I do care what he thinks. I think he's an intelligent and has nice opinions about things and huh. engaging in conversation. But that was not the reason that I chose to play The Witcher. Um, it was on the strength of seeing all the Cyberpunk 2077 hype, mm. which I'm a fan of the genre, and I hear nothing but good things regarding CD Projekt's, Project Red's game, so I thought, well... Let's see what I'm in for with respect to Cyberpunk. It's a good time to to check out the game, and uh, I got hooked. It's if it basically I don't know if anyone's gonna naysay like oh it's gonna be bad, and I heard some criticism like oh Cyberpunk is in the daytime, but everyone knows Cyberpunk's at night. Like this is an intelligent company as far as I'm concerned. Having watched the liberal use of are you allowed to say the c word on this show? The c word, Crofton. Uh, Probably, no, probably not. If it's the four letter C word, but the liberal use of the four letter C word in the cyberpunk material and in The Witcher earned my respect immensely. All the swearing in this game is incredible. Yeah, they're European, you know, right? Narrative so... driven games need more swearing. It can't just be GTA and and Red Dead Redemption. Uh, you need some. Yeah, Mass Effect like, dropped like... the occasional like bomb, but it was usually well. It was well pointed, right? It was all Mass Effect's pretty wholesome on the swearing front. You're right. You it wholesome. is. Um, yeah, so this game had a lot of swearing, turned conventions on its head, um, which I really appreciated, and uh, was narratively very competent in a way the most narrative video games are not mm-hmm. at all. Not even close. Close, like it's up there with the first Walking Dead season that Telltale did in terms of it really was concerned with how you how the story affects the player and influences your choices. And I'm actually just going to dive into an experience that I've been thinking about. And, um, you know, in, in the game Witcher, spoilers, I know it's a three-year-old game, but if anyone's still planning on not having Witcher spoiled for them, they should stop listening. Um, how deep are you going in spoilers? Also, Ryan, have you played this game <clears throat> and how far did you get? I, I finished the main campaign. So, I mean, whatever, okay. he's probably going to spoil. Is it early? Yeah, is it early no, in the no, game? No, it's about Triss. It's about Triss. So, oh, okay. So, um, we're talking because uh, a big part of the narrative are the two major love interests that the character has. And I haven't played or read any of the books, so I don't know context, except for what Croft had told me, which was Triss was manufactured for the game, whereas Yennefer is more from the books and more of a thing. But that wasn't what influenced my decision here. So I thought, I'm like, oh, I like Triss. You know, you meet her, you have like this, the the people who wrote and produced the, the cinematic scenes really convey a sense of a past between the two characters. She's not, she's easy on the eyes. <laughs> um, you know, she's, and she's got a nice voice. I like, there's a lot there to like to be like, oh, my Geralt 
likes wants to kindle things back up and i told croft and i'm like i'm not gonna bother with yennefer i'm, I'm going you know, team tris or whatever but here's what happens in the game that that i'm not sure was intentional or not but but the tris quest at the end of the that quest line is novigrad is under siege mm-hmm. uh, they're busting mages it's time to get out Triss has been trying to be a leader in these hard times. We're stepping up where no one else will. And this whole time on the various quests, you're asked to, like, if you intervene, if someone says something shitty to her to her, and you punch them or try to help in a white knight kind of way, she doesn't like that. So it's hard for to sit and watch someone that you love be abused, but she's very much, you know, an independent adult, doesn't need to be baby or infantilized. If something's going hard, she prefers you step out of it. When the landlords kick her out and they ask for her expensive necklace, hmm. if you tell them to bugger off, she's like, oh, I really wish you didn't do that. But if you just stay silent, which seems like the dick move to do, she thanks you for not intervening. So this is the type of person she is. Now, fast forward to the end of the quest line. You've, you've, you've gathered everyone into the boat. Uh, all the mages. Dijkstra's helped you. Siggy Reuven. Great character, by the way. And and he's like, oh, you're going to tell her you love her. You're going to tell her you love her. And when I was like, oh, this is the moment where the romance starts. True. And this is how the romance goes. Um, stay here with me. Don't go. She's like, but I got to go. These people need me. Like, Kovir is going to be this intense place. Uh, and, you know, she's worked this hard being a leadership. She's going to abandon them on a rickety crap ship that Dijkstra was like, oh my god, you better not run into any storms. That thing's gonna blow apart. And then your thing is like, you know what, babe? I love you. Stay here and abandon you. The whole purpose, your whole purpose that you have for yourself an independent agency, because I want to bone you in a lighthouse. And then at the end of it, I'm gonna say, I'm going back to the swamp. Wait for me at Care more whatever. Care Wait more. for me at the Witcher Palace like some housewife. Ooh. And I, after going through all of that, I was like, I felt really shitty about picking those choices. Even though I was like, this is the romance option. I tell them I love them. I tell them, don't go on the boat and save people. It's like, I would not do that. If someone I loved was in the part of a resistance and they were escaping, and that was their means to escape, I would say, go. So I reloaded my save and played it the way I felt was correct. Mm-hmm. I just, I just had sex with her in the lighthouse. I know, but it's a dick thing. It's ba- basically, it's like, and it, they make it seem all cool. She's attractive. They make it romantic. There's a little humor mixed into it. Right. You know, you're banging in the lighthouse, and the people in the boat are like writing down the Morse code, and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, and, and it's like, but it's like they, they, they don't sell it like it's not like you pick the bad misogynistic option, but you, you did. You, you picked the selfish, self-serving hmm. option. And so it isn't even about like, oh, I picked the Triss romance because I'm Team Triss or I like Triss. It's like I made dick decisions because I'm a dick. Like that's what that whole thing boils down to, and it's incredibly subversive. And and there's nowhere in the game that's that that hints at it or shows that to you in any way, which I found fascinating. And mm-hmm. and so I went back and reloaded and said, no, the thing, a, a good person, a hero. And I don't consider my Witcher that heroic, but he does the right thing. Um, but he'll be a dick about it. And he won't work for free. But, like... No one does. 
but you know he'll save like a whole you know he'll give money back if someone was just in a shitty situation and he helped out but um he you said you say goodbye to Tris, and it's funny when you say goodbye to Tris, Dijkstra gives you he calls you every name in the book. You're an arse, you're a dumbass. It's true love, and and you can pick like you can explain to him why you said no. You can just be like, I had my reasons. Hmm. Right, so that's what I pick. I just, you're so I'm mysterious, Bo. I'm not gonna, t- well, I'm not gonna tell him the freaking Dijkstra. No, that's <laughs> that what that, the, the, the <laughs> you know, so, re- so so now I have to maybe I don't know mm-hmm. what I haven't done any of the Yennefer stuff yet, but. The interesting part of that romance is that it wasn't like take the road like in Mass Effect. It's like you want to bone this guy or girl, cool boning time. There's not there's not a lot to it. Like, there's a bit. Th- there's there's some <laughs> nothing about Mass Effect's romance options made mm. me question what I was doing. No, in fact, it, yeah. very little in gaming makes me question what I'm doing. I got Walking Dead for that, and I've got this game for that, and I can't think of barely mm. any others that are narratively as impactful as what's happened in this game. So is Cyberpunk 2077 in good hands? You're damn right it is. I cannot wait for that game. Okay. Anyways, no, that makes I think sense. I'll let some other people speak, but that's my that's my tale of why I have a deep respect for the Witcher game. Yeah, I think that like CD Projekt Red is really good at crafting a very dense, meaningful world and story. And if there's one thing I remember from the Witcher series, it's that you you got into that game and you always felt like what you were doing was progressing your your witcher story there was nothing there was no kind of fluff out that that you felt you had to do like if you wanted to walk by that small village and ignore it yes you could but because you're a witcher and you you make your your living off of you know killing monsters and saving mm-hmm. saving villages it made perfect sense to go in there so when i finished the witcher 3 campaign i i felt like yeah i i concluded that story and i think i can't remember what I did. I mean, Triss would have, I'm pretty sure. I don't think I did Triss. I think I did Yennefer just because of the, the amnesia bit, I guess like Triss was, you know, hot and heavy in the first one. And then in the second one, she was also sort of your main lady. I don't think there were any others, uh, but Witcher three was, yeah, it was a choice and they brought back Yennefer, uh, and they, they introduced that sort of push I, and pull. I wonder if there's a version with Yennefer too, though. Well, like, honestly, there's an elf who's like getting bullied by bandits, hmm. and you go to save her, and she tells you to bug her off. Like, Plow off! I don't need you. You're gonna save me, and then tomorrow there's gonna be back to harass me. And I was like, these writers are being bastards. <laughs> like, this is good. And, and that's it. The Witcher world is different nuances, shades of gray, and they do a really good job with that all over. I I really appreciated that story, Bo, because a I had forgotten a lot about that, mm-hmm. uh, and and b that never went through my mind like when dealing with de- when dealing with Trish at on that boat scene. And I don't remember all the context to it, but I, I do I do recall uh, being you know being okay with it at the time. And one thing I thought was interesting was that. Um, Trish is in Mass Effect. You guys use the examples of mm-hmm. Mass Effect. In Mass Effect, you're on a ship. You meet all your characters. You you develop relations with them at the same time, like be them friendships that grow over games or or romances and stuff. In the in the Witcher, you are sort of like a Ronin. Like you're you're riding around. You're getting in these adventures. By and large, you're by yourself, and then you cross paths with these characters. And, and Geralt does have friends that he that he has had since the books and from previous games and all sorts of stuff but you don't 
like you don't really if you choose to go to Novigrad before you go to Skellige, which most people do, um, then you don't really get to know Yennefer as a character before you get to know Trish. So it's like when I met Yennefer, my character was already committed to Trish, uh, to Triss, and I had I had um, you know had conversations with Triss and the whole lighthouse scenes, scene and all this. And so there's a quest in The Witcher uh, three, and it's it's a lot of people will point to it as one of the best ones called last wish. And it is sort of that the scene that will either kindle or end the romance between, uh, Geralt and Yennefer. No spoilers. And, uh, I haven't played that far yet. No, but it, this isn't a spoiler in so much as that. It's just like, you have a choice in that quest that, that is obviously related to that relationship. And, uh, it is just so weird because, um, you know, you is like I had committed to Triss. And so I, I don't want to say I, I dumped Yennefer cause they weren't in a relationship, but, but I didn't, I didn't pursue Yennefer. It blew and, her off. And honestly, because of the script, because of where it happened, because of the way that he does it, like I was legitimately uncomfortable playing, playing that, you know, playing that team. Cause mm. I like being the nice guy, like Ryan, the nice Canadian, the guy who's like, a guy, like the guy who's like, come have sex with me in the lighthouse. Hey, <laughs> come, wait let's, for let's... me six months at the house while I go <laughs> yeah. to the swamp. Yeah. Canadian. Well, yeah, right. that's well, true. Well, Yennefer, Yennefer, I don't want to ruin anything for you, but Yennefer is interested in rekindling the relationship at this point. Of course. And so, yeah. And so, so you're in a sense, breaking this character's heart, who you believe in as a character. She's well-written and all mm. that sort of stuff. And I just thought it was like, oh my, like, I was like, this is a difficult, this is a difficult emotional scene for me. It was really well, well put together. Everything that had led up to it, the quest and, and uh, let's just say it doesn't come out of the blue. Like it took, it took a buildup over time on Skellige and, mm -hmm. and such. And so, uh, so no, hearing your, your version of the, the Triss thing. And then, then I had my sort of emotional con conundrum, if you will, was on, was on Skellige with uh, Yennefer. But again, the fact that the same game can evoke these emotions uh, out of us and in it's... a game that's, you know, just a, a monster killing uh, uh, witcher, like I think is pretty impressive anyway. It's an, it's an impressive achievement in gaming. Yeah. So the really interesting part is that CD Projekt Red has had a really weird history of portraying relationships and uh, in their video games. The first one, I think there was literally a mini game where every village villager you bonked, you got a collectible nudie card. That was literally how relationships that. worked in The Witcher. And they were raked over the coals for that one. Uh, I think that was right where people were starting to be like, hey, let's maybe not do this thing. Video games are for everyone, not just, you know, uh, you know, male gamers, right? So then the second one comes around and they start introducing these characters. And I remember reading an article where, like, you know, this is the first video game to properly portray sex, right, in, in a video game. And then they took that from Witcher 2 and then developed this love triangle in Witcher 3, uh... And they and I think they did a really great job. There's consequences. There's choice. You're actually held accountable. Uh, and then they released their first DLC for it. And I think what, part of the marketing was, yeah, you can go bone this lady, and it's not going to affect your relationships in, in in the main game. And I thought, like, well, way to take a step back, guys. <laughs> well, Hearts of Hearts of Stone brings back actually this character yeah. from The Witcher One, and uh, and, and I can't remember her know, name like, though. What's her name? 
it starts sh- Sherry. Sherry? It starts, you're talking about Shani. Shani. Shani, yeah. yeah. No spoilers, it, please. I haven't no, played no. it. I, don't, I just I, know her name, Shani. And there's... and I started playing Hearts of, uh, Hearts of Stone. I haven't played either. I've just playing Blood and Wine now. I'm, I'm getting into the DLC, but I hadn't played mm. it, like either of the DLC. But I, I, I think you can be confident that the... the this, you know, relationships are treated with care. And one thing I, I, I find that The Witcher 3 still did not shy away from, because I agree with what Ryan said, The Witcher 1 in particular was seen as like the, you know, the sex game pre- pretty much, even though it was such a small aspect of the the entire package. Yeah. Um, but uh, The Witcher 3, uh, de- while it has this strong emphasis on these relationships, it doesn't, it like, part of the appeal of the witcher series has been its sort of playful approach to sex being like look sex isn't something to be ashamed of it's not something you know like to, especially in this period of of time that you're you're in this fictionalized dark ages mm-hmm. don't don't be embarrassed about sex and and so like at the same point like Geralt is still able not only uh, to have sex with like prostitutes of different classes in The Witcher Three, but also there's the relationship in the first act of of Velen with the, um, what would, but what's the sorceress's name in that, uh, at the you know in the first the first act. The sorceress and oh, um, Kira Metz. Yeah, yeah, Kira. Oh, like right, so, like right. there's. And that whole relationship, uh, if you will, it's just really, you know, like it's it's casual. It's sort of a casual sex thing if you decide to go in that direction, which you may or may not, right? Um, but but so I like how they have their cake and eat it too a bit with The Witcher 3. That's they true. have the sexy stuff, but they also have strong, interesting relationships. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at the sex cards right now. And I, I opened one called Romance Nurses, and it's like... The two women are like partially new because I think it's the North American version, yeah. Of the censored one, um, but they're having sort of you know, they're cuddling intensely mm-hmm. in a room with like people who look like they're dying of I don't know syphilis or something <laughs> like or plague. Like there's, sure. there's beds of people in sick beds rotting away. Hey man, heating's <laughs> like, expensive, so this is hilarious. Yeah, the, it was it was pretty. It is pretty out there, and I think I think in its in its I think what is it Pol- uh, Poland where the games are made? I could be completely wrong. Uh, it's in Europe, but I can't remember now if it's. Well, I mean, I mean, North Americans, especially Americans, are uh, pretty. Yeah, it, it, they did yeah, they did surprisingly censor it. prudish. Yeah, yeah, but they they did but censor I think it. What, yeah. What's what's like a thread here is just that it's very it's very hetero. Oh um, yeah, know, like heteronormative or whatever. Like it's all mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. fawning over you the player and you know your agency the world that stuff it's sort of this does limit an audience i think but yeah what what i sort of see it as and and i i made this because point i think to Bo a while a while back but uh for me that game which you know you're much more as a gamer you have a tendency to when somebody asks you what's your favorite video game of all time you're going to reach back and you're going to pick something that piques your nostalgia bone you know like that you're going to you're going to talk about a game you played when you were a kid a game that was left a mark on you you're less likely to talk about the game you played last week or even last year mm-hmm. um and so it took me a while to mull it over I, i'm still not 100 percent sure but I, I'm I'm fairly confident in saying The Witcher Three may be my favorite game, and and one of the reasons is that um, is that I'm its target market. I'm a you know white male, hetero, all that sort of stuff. And I, my point I think to Bo at the time had just been that like, as gaming branches out and is 
aiming at different markets, being more inclusive, more diverse. For me, and, and Cyberpunk may be, may be exactly the, the vision of that future. The Witcher 3 sort of marks the culmination of like act one of video games almost. Like it is the greatest game that aims for that very specific, you know, uh, male hetero gamer target market. Um, and, and now we're, we're, we're expanding and, and, and I think, mm. I don't think it will be the greatest game forever, but for me right now it is one of the ones. Yeah. That I think is- I, I've always appreciated, you know, CD project red games for just, they're making the game they want to make and they, they aren't going to hold back. Like Witcher three has nudity. It has violence. It has swearing. Uh, it has <laughs> some pretty intense violence as well. And it's got great storytelling and I think it's a great game and for those who haven't played it before, you could easily go get it on sale. I'm honestly kind of feeling like maybe I want to go play that DLC. I'm pretty sure the Blood and Stone one is is a is a shorter experience than Blood and Wine, right? Or Hearts People of Stone. Say, the, the reviews I've read is that Heart Hearts of Heart of Stone is shorter but better. Okay. It's like like, like ha, a really has a really strong stuff. story. I had yeah. started playing it. The thing is about it, and this is this is why I went with Blood and Wine, having not really played through either. Um, so right now, it's it's CD Projekt Red owns GOG.com, which is the yeah. uh, the the uh, good old games and stuff, and they're having a big ten year anniversary sale right now, and you can get the Witcher Game of the Year edition for pretty cheap, like less than thirty bucks Canadian. Yeah, that's pretty coming. Cool. It comes with both expansions so i bought it and uh based on Bo getting back into it because i knew i didn't want to like i couldn't jump back in from the beginning i just don't have the time but i was like you know what i'm just going to do that mode where you can start with a pre-built character and go right into you know blood and wine and that's what i did um and uh, the reason that that works better for me is that if you just started with the other one the hearts hearts of stone you're still in the same world like you're still in novigrad and all that and it's been years since i've been there so i know i would be really tempted to do other things or to get in to get in deeper but luckily the second expansion is in a complete other area and so it's kind of self-contained in that way right so that makes um, sense that's a that's a good point I caved, Brian, and I, and I'm back in it. I was like, Red Dead Redemption Two comes out at the end of the month. I just got to like, I finished Spider Man. I cannot get into another big game before Red Dead Redemption Two comes out. But of course, Bo starts talking about The Witcher, and next thing you know, I'm like an alcoholic falling off the wagon. <laughs> oh, it's an exciting game, and if you didn't finish it, it's, I think it's going to be worth going back. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm I'm glad that you were playing it, and we could talk about it because I haven't talked about it in years, and I even feel like when it came out. Uh, we, it's it's tough to give a game of that magnitude its fair shake uh, on a show where we're playing new games each week. I find it you know sometimes tough to bring it back. I usually try to talk about it at the beginning and talk about it at the end. And sometimes with a with a with a nice you know length of a game like Spider Man, you're able to do that in a timely fashion. But uh, yeah, no, I think Witcher Three again like that sale is a great a great uh, idea. Is uh, gog dot com. And it's a, it's, it's got its tenure also, sale. Also, a last little note, and mm-hmm. this is about a new game, oh. so we can, and it relates. But Gwent is actually pretty good. Believe the hype. Oh, really? But it's easy in the game in Witcher Three. But um, CD Projekt Red's making Gwent like you know 
the online card game. So I downloaded it and installed it. The only reason why I stopped is because there's spoilers in the cards. Right, but, there is spoilers in the cards. Yeah. There's more cards, it's more nuanced, it's way harder. I played I played one game and got my ass handed to me by some Xbox Live player, and I was pissed. Yeah, console How dare elitist. a console kid beat me? God. Anyways, um, but it was, it's the client's good. It looks like it's shaping up to be a great game i i and i'm looking forward to playing gwen's yeah and, and it's, it's a game inside the game and like bo when, when i was played the witcher the first time and i knew that that would be your catnip and i i was oh, i so good you know, but at the same point, like like I'm trying to explain Gwent to to Bo or yeah. to others, and uh, they have to, to get to it. They have to commit to The Witcher, and that's the other thing I, I just say about The Witcher is that it is like it starts with this uh, white orchard area, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of a tutorial zone. But like I know a lot of people who have, you know, not even made it through that zone, and it can be a big investment to get hooked it's like reading a good book so i would just say to those like if you're feeling good about it then stick with it because it will get way way better way more Mm -hmm. immersive but i do get there are a lot of systems it may not be for everyone at one point you might be like oh this is not my jam even though i've heard so much about it and i could understand walking away or i still breaks my heart thinking someone would do that and bo almost did at the end of um Velen, I guess, like he didn't get, he almost didn't get to Novigrad. I, I got busy. Like that was more the thing. Like mm. letting a game into my life is a dangerous prospect. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned Gwent and and loving The Witcher. Uh, it, is that they're going to actually be releasing what appears to be a Gwent story mode? So similar to Hearthstone, has their adventures. They're actually releasing an adventure for yeah, throne, Gwent. Thronebreaker. Yeah, and it it sounds it's, really cool. It's I don't know that it's going to be one-to-one gwent it sounds like it's mixing some rts elements with card play Ooh. i haven't looked at anything so i want to avoid spoilers because literally uh like there was like there's a troll in witcher 3 called trollololol mm-hmm. i love the trolls of witcher by the way they're awesome um but uh the but that's a card in the game and i'm like oh who's trollololol you know and i'm like is this a joke or is this and i'm like i don't want to know shit and then I, I went back to play witcher 3 and it was literally like the next quest i was doing i was like oh. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm I, not looking it, at any Thronebreaker stuff because it's uh, going to be full of spoilers. I think it's separate. Like, I think it's a different story in the Witcher universe. Like, it might not be. I don't it's know. Just a, it's just a. It's more of a prudence policy, not because I've heard anything. Oh, okay. Witcher three mi- is good enough to to silo myself off from the content. Just a, mi- a mild thing because that the the trollololo thing reminded me about CD Projekt red's penchant for like the nudge nudge wink winks so i i just started playing the blood and wine and one of the very first things you do in it is like you're investigating one of those witcher crime scenes like you do uh, all the time oh yeah and, and and you jump in the water and you find a handkerchief and it, and it belongs to this guy uh called delacroix but he he's just because it's sort of french right like toussaint is french is, is sort of french inspired mm. and uh but he's got it like uh, monogrammed. It's got his initials on it. And so Delacroix's initials are DLC. So you're going around trying to find, you're trying DLC. to find out who, who's, you know, G- Geralt's asking people, he's like, do you, do you know what DLC means or something like that to, <laughs> to different people? I'm like, oh, you guys, very clever. Nailed it. Yeah, it's a great game. It's a great universe. And, on one on one hand, I'm really excited. I I had to stop watching the uh, Cyberpunk 20, uh, 2077 after maybe the first fifteen minutes because I was like, I I think this is a game I want to play, so I'm gonna wait. 
And it was like a 40 minute demo. Uh, it's... Well, think about how long Witcher 3 is. This mm. game, like, even if Cyberpunk's not as long because it's the first outing for an IP, it will be dense game. Oh, this I is, know that. Like, like, I watched that 40 minute video like five times. So many times it's burnt on the inside of his retina. When yeah. he closes yeah. his eyes, he just sees, he just sees a I character. go back and watch it all. It, it yeah. is, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it doesn't spoil. Anything. No, I'm, and, I and yeah. I bought the I bought the Cyberpunk 2020 rulebook. Ooh, I'm trying to get a Cyberpunk D and D game going at some point. I don't know. It's, no, there's no time for it. But I, I gotta I'm come up there then. Playing the system. Also, uh, I think that the guys who make Cyberpunk, the guy that Mike Pondsmith, he's releasing a new edition of the game, so it's like almost worth waiting before. Hmm. Like it's gonna be out in the next couple months or something like that. So. I'm, and it's going to take place in 2044, so it'll be set before the events of the game. It's going to... Ah! That whole thing makes me excited. And that's yeah. how The Witcher happened. Hey, honestly. I, just before we move on, guys, I just thought I, I'd, I'd mention, because it's been in the news a bunch lately. Um, mm -hmm. We've been talking about The Witcher, and Mike mentioned... Uh, Mike, Bo mentioning Mike Pondsmith um, uh, reminds me that the author of The Witcher books is actually suing CD Projekt Red right now yeah. trying to get uh increased compensation i think that like you know the books weren't tremendously successful outside of poland um they had a one-time deal to uh and they've made much more money and had much more success off the brand than i think he ever did and consequently i guarantee that those books have sold a lot more from people like me you know, like I'm mm -hmm. sure he has made money in in different ways, but he is take he is taking them, taking them to court. So Mike Pondsmith is getting ahead of the game, obviously, and releasing a new cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. Thing well, he knows the to, deal. It's uh, you yeah. want percentage no, of I, sales, I, right? I think that was a condition, but I don't think I don't think Mike Pondsmith sold his for a pittance. No, because oh, Mike I, Pondsmith yeah. would have made the deal knowing that CD Projekt Red is serious stuff. Uh, yeah, I think the, the first guy who probably got screwed. Um, but I think what I read about that was that it looked more like it was an opening salvo to begin negotiations. You're not going to court. Maybe. No, I, it's just it, like, I want $10 billion. I'm like, well, let's come down a bit. How about this mountain, whatever, yeah. and they'll settle on something. I think oh, he's, hear about it. he's asking for like $16 million, I think. Yeah, I mean, it probably deserves it. I don't know how, like, but it's it, it, they'll probably come down or probably offer percentage shares. It's a big company now. It's a lot of revenue streams. Yeah. Also, they want to make another Witcher. That was also in a separate article had come up that oh, it's really? the last story for uh, Geralt. That doesn't mean it's the end of Witcher franchise games. So Yeah, because there are other Witchers, right? Like you could do a different Witcher game in the Witcher universe with a different character. And, and hopefully they... I think hmm? we need to have a dandelion thing. <laughs> we need a dandelion game. Maybe. Amazing. I, I think, uh, you know... It's, it's, just, it's just him... Gently molding the poetry of the truth to get out of situations that that's your task. It's just dialogue choice. So it's like the bar. I do, I do like how Dandelion writes all the quests sort of information. Like when you pause the game and you read uh, up on the quests, like it's all in his flavor text. Yeah. I like that a lot. But Thronebreaker that um, that you guys just talked about, that is like it has a narrative uh, and all that, and it is not. I don't think it's Geralt. I think it's like. Uh, and new new characters, new plot, and all that. So that's already a new game in the Witcher universe. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I'm mean, while we're in the Witcher universe, I'm I'm curious now that you're playing the game, Bo and and Crofton. You're a big fan. I think maybe the last time you were on Gamers In, we talked about this. I can't remember now. For some reason, I'm getting a deja vu that we talked about this. But 
uh, Henry Cavill being announced as Geralt for the Netflix series for The Witcher. Like, what do you think about that, Bo? Like, does that is that something you're looking I forward think, to? Uh, there was a time when Netflix making something was special mm-hmm. and they made a good product, and now I think all they do is churn out eighty percent garbage. Huh. So, is this altered carbon? Is this the, the proof, am I opening uh, the proof, wounds? The proof will be in the pudding. Well, uh, I don't. I Crofton likes altered carbon, so we don't want to derail this into a fight. I think. It's, <laughs> um, garbage that's why i but said like, um <laughs> but we, the show can only last so long and there's other stuff to talk about true uh, i did represent your opinion fairly and i was unbiased in it Crofton. um uh but it's not it's not even that it's 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 like honestly the marvel stuff on there has just been flaming poof pile except for maybe daredevil yeah like daredevil like uh, like and there's a lot. I think there's a lot of goodwill, at least on my part, when I was watching Jessica Jones and the first season of Luke Cage. And it's just, it's gotten bad. Like Orange is, is the new Black, still alright. Ozark's okay. Like there's mm-hmm. decent stuff, but it's, it's not. It's not as mind blowing as people make it out to be. It's just we binge watch a lot of stuff, and it's good enough. Yeah, um, I don't have time to I'm binge still, watch I'm stuff still looking anymore. Looking for my like, my shows. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote a great man. Uh, it says, I only have time for AAA content. That great man is Crofton. Look at him smiling. Uh, on that great man. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, it's good, but it's not good enough. And uh, so, like, so when it comes to stuff I'm going to binge watch, it's going to be Mr. Robot. It's going to be Breaking Bad. It's going to be good community. It's It's got to be Rick and Morty. It's got to be good stuff. Huh? Or it's not going to cut it. Witcher, probably going to fall in the pile of trash that is like, okay. Could be but, good. You never know. It's just, I, I guess all we know is that Henry Cavill. What do I think about it? Henry Cavill? I don't. I think any actor can play any role. Yeah. I think Scarlett Johansson was fine being in Ghost in the Shell. I think. Uh, what What are people going nuts about? People are going nuts about something right now. Um, I thought you were going to say Scarlett Johansson is well, it, Geralt. Is it? No, 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 no. But um, what was in the What was in the news recently? Shit. I don't know. That, um, um, they cat. Oh, they're cat. In this is Witcher related. That they have. What they call a BAM casting call for Siri, being Black, Asian, or mixed ethnicity, mm-hmm. and people are oh, going yeah, yeah. nuts. Oh, I They're heard like, about that. Siri's a white person, and then the Nilf Guardians are called the Black Ones. You can't make an actual Black person part of an evil empire called the Black Ones. You know, this is like <laughs> there's hey. a whole. I think Henry Cavill issue is like done because the Siri firestorm is is headed this way now, and it's just a powder keg for internet shit slinging wow and like um yeah so oh it was it was witcher related that's funny i couldn't think of it only time for triple a content the proof will be in the pudding it's not cd project red making the show so as far as i'm concerned you can cast whoever you want yeah it just needs to be good yeah it's good ryan i had mentioned uh when i was on that uh, i was concerned about henry cavill's schedule but sounds oh, like right. he's out is superman and that changes a lot for me it means that that he's probably way more available. It sounds like Superman is out, uh, but we are getting off track here. I want to talk about uh, Destiny 2 uh, quickly because I know, Bo, you uh, jumped into Destiny 2. Pretty much you skipped the whole thing except you you purchased Forsaken and you played beginning played to end. The, I played the campaign. I started mm-hmm. playing a week before Forsaken launched. Right. A week or two. And I played through the entirety of the campaign of Destiny 2. Right. And it was having fun. It was fun. Yeah. The gameplay is fun. The story, you want to talk about polar opposite. 
of like Witcher Three. Like if they're on one side of the thermometer, it's like Witcher Two, and you break it at the top of the thermometer to get to Witcher Three or something like that. On the exact opposite is the story of Destiny. Like literally below the red spot on the game. I don't know if you agree with me. Oh, but it definitely was poo. So like Halo was a simple story, and but it, yeah, but it an effective poo. story. And I thought Bungie <laughs> kind of told a you know told a, a beginning, middle, end that that worked. And you were like, yeah, that's a story for a sci-fi shooter. Makes sense. And they sold books and all that fun stuff. Then Destiny comes around, and I don't know what story they're trying to tell. And they threw the first one out, and then they had an expansion come out, and then they kind of thought, okay, I think we got it. And then they threw the whole story for Destiny 1 out and started Destiny 2. Mm. And now with this expansion for Forsaken, they've they've taken the what is the only likable character in the game and and killed him off and it's all in the marketing material so you're not you know it's not a spoiler oh i agree absolutely yeah. they killed the only the only reason to enjoy the story they they killed it off yeah like and and they they recast uh Cade six they made nolan north the oh, voice yeah. which that's gonna happen i think it's dangerous if you get top quality talent well that was the main reason they killed off the speaker they killed off uh, well they didn't kill off they completely re-recorded all of uh i'm okay i'm okay with filling in new actors if it's... yeah you know, as long as the fantasy of the story is good or I enjoy it, it doesn't much matter. But the story is, it, it's. I think it's there to service, uh, you know, the gameplay, which which is fine because the gameplay, like you said, is a lot of fun. And I kind of rushed through Forsaken as I was trying to play it, and it's not a long initial campaign. Uh, I was trying to. They have this new thing called Bungie Rewards, and essentially, if you okay. finish the campaign, you get a free soundtrack. And I always, I, I like video oh, yeah, game music. I got that too. Yeah, so I I've been really I really enjoyed it, and I you know I finished that part of the story, and they, you know they uh, they do a good job. They give you some some varying degrees. One thing I noticed that's different from the rest of Destiny Two, uh, especially when you're playing it at at launch. So you might not have experienced this uh, in the previous parts of the games, but the power level sort of spectrum, in that as you're finishing the campaign, it's it's stepping you up. 10 power levels each go so you often have to make sure you have that gear level to do the next adventure i think it was the they're the barons and you got to defeat all the barons and it was a bunch of adventures and you couldn't you couldn't really progress through them unless you had a specific power level so i think they spread that out really well um but now i'm at the i'm now i'm at the i finished the campaign i'm like a power level 500 and then i get into the new area and the new area has just got a bunch of stuff that is just killing me instantly because it's all like five ten through five fifty. Uh, so there's a there's a bit of a power creep. What is it called? The Twilight Tower. Or uh, like Dreaming that? City. Dreaming City. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I played through that as well. I think what what I got to was that it became a grind to get mm -hmm. anything interesting in terms of weapons. Like I, the um, spider gives you that bow right at the beginning. Spider's a cool character. Yeah, right? spider's good. Um, but. Uh, and then I just used that bow through the whole campaign. And I kept masterworking it to raise its level because this bow is sweet. I don't want to have to use some crappy assault rifle when I like my bow. So I kept upgrading it with my masterwork cores. And I was like, well, that's it. That's all I'm getting. And I don't feel like playing another class and leveling it all up. Like the gameplay is just, it's not. If I could describe it to Crofton, who hasn't played Destiny 2, it's like the, you know, Borderlands 2, we played a lot of that. It's like a serious version of Borderlands 2 mm -hmm. that has a more 
MMO World of Warcraft style loot progression system. Um, and the gameplay is really good. It's fun to jump around with your special powers, but the world is so like, I don't like that the world is so small. You go to Earth and it's the equivalent of like two couple acres that you motor around in to do missions. Yeah. They're dense, but it's like, yeah, this is an epic, right? And mm-hmm. um, you go to the same st- stupid space station all the time for daily quests and stuff like that. Like it's, it's not a good repetition loop. And no, Forsaken yeah. builds on the good gameplay and just completely loses it with. It's not World of Warcraft, and it has that. Uh, here's your daily. Like once you get to that end game and defeat the campaign, mm-hmm. it's just repetitive to do list stuff just to get one or two item levels. And I think. There are players who like that kind of game, and I'm not one of them. So I think you have to be one of those folks that like this is this is your main game to to really get into it. Now, when it launched on PC last year, I I did the raids with friends, had a lot of fun, and that's that was the thing for me that I was always missing. And wow, it's like I don't know how people can play this a couple months after launch. Like, what is there to do? And it's really that raid season that people really get into, and and they're playing with friends and. I got it. It was a social contract. It was a lot of fun. and But now I'm looking at Forsaken, and I'm just not seeing the same level of participation. Like, there's not that many people playing. Like, I was the, I'm sometimes one or two, sometimes maybe three people on my friends list, whereas I remember when Destiny 2 launched, it was... It was a hop in place. Like there were a lot of people playing that that there's, game. There's not a lot. There's not a lot to do. It takes like the sort of fun of a game like World of Warcraft that has a whole world and has a, a number of activities and reasons for you know good social hooks that integrate a community of people. Mm-hmm. It it's missing that part, but just has all the the to do shit <laughs> that, that's yeah. in like a game like World of Warcraft. And so I just don't think people are rushing home to log in and stare at the same tiny little levels and yeah and ryan were you out of activities were you playing on pc or on console i'm playing on pc yeah see i i think that the game has never like it launched late on pc um i know console gamers were disappointed with destiny 2 as compared to say the taking king and De- destiny 1 mm-hmm. but it exists primarily on console so i i would be curious to know like how much how much interest i guess it's holding on consoles or if it's rejuvenated interest in destiny 2 uh because i got the feeling that destiny 2 was maybe a a, a disappointment anthem that's coming out uh, soon is i think uh, another game hmm. in the destiny model the, the the model of marrying an mmo with more sort of like a a smaller scale to get maybe people in and playing for a long time but in a very in a very systematic way Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure if the destiny likes the destiny clones are already passe and battle royale is where it's at you know the the warframe clones and warframe's definitely not passe it's what was one of the top earning games on steam last year yeah it's gonna be on switch older than the original destiny yeah yeah It's, it's one of those games that like developed from a turd and that they just keep building on and shine to a, a yeah like it's it's and it's still and it still has a turd aesthetic in terms of its look but it, it's <laughs> ugly it's ugly beautiful you know it's like it's like oh it's ugly but it's in the muse the soundtrack and warframe oh my god like destiny 2 even though its gunplay is fantastic can't hold a candle to 
just the overall cool of a game like Warframe. And uh-huh. I don't think I don't think Anthem's gonna I, do that either. I think with Warframe, I'm interested in because it's gonna be launching on Switch, and I want I'm always interested to see what those types of games look like on Switch. And yes, yes, I know, like oh, you gotta play it on PC. That's the place to play it. But you know, I want to check it out. Free to play game on on my Nintendo Switch. I can play it wherever I want. It sounds sounds appealing. Um, I don't know if they have cross platform progression i don't think that's a thing right with warframe or am i wrong so i no they do they do sorry oh, oh. no they don't oh. no, 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 no. i don't know they are a one server kind of game though at least on pc like you don't hmm. join a server it's like eve there's you know one server and you join instance content like again it, it's like destiny except it, it it gets rid of the pretense that there's this patrol zone right like it's just like the it's like a cool looking lobby you're on your ship and you have the, you have so many cool spots on your little ship and there are little space stations you go to for the social aspect but like you're on your ship you pick a mission you invite friends or your clan and you go or you just go on your own also it has this thing clan dojos which is like it's guild housing hmm. it's super customizable so it's really cool to go to a dojo and initiate trades like it's janky in some ways but it's got that history of we didn't try to launch a game and sell a bunch of box copies and downloads. Oh, yeah. It's like it's got that path of exile or you know that that kind of Minecraft feel of like we started with a small product and we just keep adding and adding and adding. And um, Tenocon is actually a thing. I'm sure it's nowhere near as big as BlizzCon, but DE is a Toronto or not Toronto? I think they're in Hamilton or something like that. London, they're, isn't it? They have a con now every year. They sold out of all their tickets. Hmm. I kind of wanted to go because I'm like, that's a quick hop on a via rail. Yeah, it's not far. Down to Tenocon. I'm like, I like Warframe. I'm like, I want to go to this thing. That's all. So I'm hoping I actually get to go next year. Cool. Um, because, uh, I don't know, the Tenno are cool. And Tenocon, seemed, it seems legit, you know? There you go. You guys could start a Warframe podcast. Well, you I guys, he be- doesn't play Warframe. Oh. No, I I, um, I have played Warfla- uh, Warframe. I played the beginning of it and stuff, and... Uh, like I got, I got into it. Like I, I did enjoy it. I think it changed a lot from since I played it. But I will say, like going back to Bo's sort of AAA content, as as a a, a single player gamer, like uh, somebody who's generally been focused on single player experiences, um, there's always something better than Warframe for me as a single mm. player. Uh, yeah, so, so it. it if it's playing the witcher if it's playing spider-man if it's playing red dead like that's where i'm going to be for the most part with my time uh with my time right now so it just didn't fit like it may fit certain people perfectly like a glove but for me it's just you know there was appealing elements for single player but then there's a lot of grinding and time and all that and so i just so i i i dropped uh i dropped it pretty quickly but I do recognize that it's a, yeah. it's a good game. Well, that was sort of the thing with Destiny 2 is I picked it up. I pre-ordered it the day before it came out, and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll play a bit of this, and Spider-Man will come out, and then I'll kind of bounce back and forth. And I just never did. And then three weeks later, I picked it back up. But Destiny 2 feels to me like that shooter that you can always come back to, you know, do some quick stuff and, and pop out. It's not something I'm playing daily, but it's something I'm playing at this point weekly. Whether I'll do raids, I, I'm sure I could find a Discord group and jump in on a raid and do a bunch of research, but I don't think it'll live up to what, what it was last year when I was playing with friends and having a great time, and I don't, I don't think it'll get back to there, but it, but isn't it appealing to see that the raid component of Destiny 2, or uh, Forsaken, 
is that it's continuing the story, was continuing the story of the campaign. Whereas in previous Destiny games, the raids were always very separate and often just random. They, they were strictly there to serve as gameplay. And in this one, you, you finish the game, you, uh, you, you, the big, the bad guy gets eaten by another bad guy and then you kill that bad, or you, you wave off that bad guy and then you, you kill the, the original bad guy. And then the raid is you go after the bad guy that ate the other bad guy. And I'm trying to be, you know, keep spoilers light. But then that leads to another moment where once once the raid was cleared by, by someone in, in the community, so the, the raid first clear, that unlocked this whole new city uh, for everybody to go into and gave you a cutscene and actually continued the game going forward. So there's some interesting components there. I think they're learning, but where I don't think they're learning is that they've said, okay, here's Forsaken, a new $50 experience, Canadian. And, but here's this other experience that you can buy, which is a $40, like a $30 season pass for even more content. And it's like, the game has barely come out and you're telling me that I got to give you more money to continue to experience this game. I know it's a persistent world and it needs new content, but to me as someone who's jumping in and out of the game, I I don't want to, I don't know if I'm ready to spend that that kind of coin. It's it's an expensive it's an expensive buy mind you mm-hmm. as someone getting in late i didn't have to buy destiny 2 i just bought you just yeah uh, and you bought the it was uh, a little bit higher it's like a deluxe edition but like mm-hmm. it was like 70 bucks or something and i'm like uh, i did the trial i there was a demo at one point so i knew it was worth the money mm-hmm. and i did get a lot of it. i mean it played like quite a bit um, yeah but but i think at the end of the day um part of it was the social was lacking i had no way i joined the a move clan there's no one in there. So yeah, I it's just me. Find people for fire team or for crucible, right? And then so I was like, well, let me leave it and try and find an active guild. And I had no tools to do it. I was like, I don't know. I can keep randoming with people, but ah. yeah, you know. And, and so it's just like I just that would have had to hook me because further progress in anything interesting requires social, and the only. The only random groups are like Crucible, which I enjoy Crucible actually. I kind of got into it, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it was is cru- it's PvP, Crofton, um, and and the fire team stuff. But it's all easy mode, like the challenging. Uh, what is it? Uh, Night Squad or something? Night Strike or Nightfall? Night, Nightfall, yeah. Like the hard stuff is like group content. Yeah, it requires pre mades. There's no matchmaking. I, you know, I could probably have flipped on a stream and found some Destiny people, but I'm just not gonna. Yeah, I think a lot of, you know, friends were using Discord groups and stuff and 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 then resulted in some pretty hilarious matchups. I'm pretty sure we had a couple of young younger folks high on some sort of substance and yelling at their their parents. It was a lot of a lot of fun. That's funny. But uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm still playing it, but I I don't know if it's going to hold me for much longer, but I am interested to see how they continue to keep that game active. It's still something in the back of my mind when I'm I'm looking for a game to play. Just make sure but... to set aside seventy dollars next year, fifty dollars. Yeah, and and it'll be interesting to see if it's Destiny three or another expansion. Um, I think that game has three years worth of content. I thought I read somewhere like that. Yeah, well, that's There'll usually expansion at the end of this next cycle, this time next year. Yeah, I didn't like the one, the third one that came out for Destiny one. I, I really bounced off that one hard. So I might. It'll be. Inter- I had a good time. It's just I. There's something about it that once you get to that main campaign and you're just like, all right, now grind to get more power. And then, like you said, you're going to have to make some friends too, which is fine. It's a social game, but the tools are... I've already got that. That's what I hear. And it depends what you have in your life too. Like Mm -hmm. I have heroes in the form for my play and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Well, that makes sense. It's like, it's over. I'm done. Cool. Well, why don't we move into the news? But before we do that, I want to mention to everybody, you can go to patreon.com slash thegamersin. This show is supported by wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash thegamersin. And if you want to get access a day early to uh, TGI Patreon Mini, which goes exclusively to the Patreon feed, that's where I give a preview of all the content we're talking about this week. And often I, I, you know, I go on some tangents from time to time. Uh, but yeah, uh, we have a patron ad from Simon. Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. Join your two knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. Find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. And I apologize to Crofton. He didn't get to talk because he doesn't play Destiny 2. And I only mentioned that because uh, Bo has, has said, ha, he didn't get to talk. But I'm curious... Is yeah, anybody it's here? Yeah, but now it's not a secret. It's out in the world. We're all terrible yeah. people. You revealed me, doxed me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Don't feel bad. If anything, I crashed your guys's party at the last possible minute. It's true. I, he I, wasn't invited. No, I'm just kidding. And I, I, I could. I'm always good at finding ways to talk about games that I haven't played. But I thought the value add was two people, who both. And I'll be honest, you're you and Bo talking about Destiny Two. Like there was sort of like a downness. So like both, neither of you came out swinging, saying like this game is I mean, awesome. On the heels I, of the Witcher three, yeah, kind of set ourselves up. Related uh, Geralt while I was giving my verdict. <laughs> well, I know it's not a verdict show, but that's <laughs> basically, basically, oh, CD Projekt Red. Oh, is it good, bad, or so good? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. but I'm I'm curious if you guys are fans of Harry Potter. Uh, is that a thing, or did you did you kind of did that go over your heads when? No, I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, what do you call them? Potterheads. Oh, uh, Potter, I don't. Potter potheads. Heads. Yeah. Potheads. Yeah. That You're big in the right. cannabis. Uh, <laughs> um, I like, uh, I like Harry Potter a lot. Like, I really, I was uh, into the books a lot when, um, you know, one would come out every so often, and now the series is being done for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I'm not so much into these new movies or other things that are happening, but I am interested in harry potter stuff and like uh, i think i know what you're leading into but yeah I'll let you, uh... so did you get a chance to see this leaked footage of a harry potter game uh i did that is not developed by rocksteady i love that everybody thought like this is a warner brothers property rocksteady hasn't announced a game in forever this has got to be their game and the reason i didn't think it was their game is because i watched this now this is a leak this is uh this is a off-screen thing it's been confirmed to be a a leak uh but it just didn't look like it had the Rocksteady polish, and it doesn't feel like it, like Rocksteady would would kind of. I'm not that Harry Potter is beneath them, but it just it feels like such a, a a leap to go from the greatest comic book games featuring Batman to Harry Potter. Uh, well, I I totally think that they could have like here here's the thing I think that Harry Potter is an equally powerful brand hmm. to Batman. Uh, I, I think the talk now is that Avalanche Studios may be the ones behind this game. Yeah. But that that said, I had just assumed that Rocksteady was working on be it a Superman game, a Justice League game, another Batman game. I thought that they were in that DC comic book universe. And it is funny because, Ryan, when you're like, it just didn't like like it had the Rocksteady polish. It it was like when Bo was talking about CD Projekt Red games before. Really, what you mean is Witcher games or what you mean is Batman Arkham games because really those studios are known for no other games. Like, I I know Rocksteady had like this 
urban combat game or something before but like really they're known for the those those series so i mean seeing rock city do anything except a superhero game would mm -hmm. be jarring uh but for me i would love to see them put their energy into harry potter games and i played a bunch of harry potter games back on the ps2 mm -hmm. um and harry potter and the chamber of secrets in particular i thought was oh man this it, it was a great uh, capturing of life at Hogwarts for the tech they had at the time and I've really wanted them to, to do a game sort of like Bully for um, you know like uh, with Bullworth Academy Rockstar had done an equivalent like just life at Hogwarts mm -hmm. game um, for for uh, the Harry Potter universe. Now this RPG doesn't quite look like it. It looks like it's set in a in a time period further back. It looks like it's more tied in maybe to these movies that are coming out that i'm less interested in than the harry potter universe that i was keen on it says it says yeah it says hogwarts is is in the video now um not to be confused with avalanche studios is actually the the rumor is that this is avalanche software which uh, is based in utah was working on disney infinity and then they were closed down and then they were bought back up by warner brothers uh, they were actually staffing up for some big projects in early 2017, actually calling for people with a deep understanding of British culture and grammatical presentation. So if that doesn't spell we're the developers of Harry Potter RPG, then I, I don't know what, what does. But, I mean, it, it looks okay. It doesn't look terrible. I, I think it looks it looks okay. It's just some of the animations seemed a bit stiff. It's an early look at this game that was unintentional. It's It's a leak. Maybe it was an intentional leak. Who who knows? But this is a pretty big oh, leak so. if it if it's uh, if it's not intentional. And um, it wasn't even Ubisoft, who's known for leaking or being leaked. Yeah, Every Warner Brothers is usually a pretty tight ship, right? Yeah. Like uh, that that uh, Shadow of War game. We did, I mean we figured there was a sequel, but there was no. I, I get yeah. There was no talk of it, and then it just kind of showed up, and it's like, yep, it's coming out in the fall. So. I'll yeah, I'm gonna keep an eye on this RP, Harry Potter RPG, but it's not a it's not a guarantee it's not a guarantee for me. I it would have to hit my particular Harry Potter nerd stripe, and if it goes too wide, eh, I might not be interested. And Bo, are you a Harry Potter? Are you a pothead? As we've effectively uh, no, I mean I enjoyed the movies, but I really it's not no. not my cup of tea. What if it was a MOBA? Still, I don't want a Harry <laughs> Potter MOBA. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, yeah, like, but I mean, I'm watching the video now because there's a, a download for it. I mean, it, everything looks incredibly well animated and mm -hmm. nice. Hopefully, these aren't all just quick time events. It's always the concern with trailers is that they look yeah. great, but then they're like they're quick time events, and that could totally be the case with movie based IPs. Um, You're a like quick time event. Oof. I mean, yes, this is video. But it's not interactive. <laughs> it's, it's not interactive. <laughs> you don't have a say in what, what the dumb host's opinions are, I guess. Um, press yeah, X to shut Bo up. No, uh, press F for It looks incredibly specs. well animated. The character creation screen looks, I don't know, it, it's, it hints at great things. Uh, yeah. You know, but it could honestly just be good looking uh, shovelware. I, personally, uh, I, like, I saw this and I thought, Man, I just want to see. I want to see the the actual reveal. Now, it was nice to have it confirmed. Oh, this is coming. But to me, it was like, ah, I don't know. Like sometimes a leak is good for a game. Sometimes a leak if, is if, not. If good. you're a fan, you're, then you're excited, and I'm happy for fans of yeah. Harry Potter. 
Yeah, so it's like I'm happy for Spider-Man fan. I'm not going to play Spider-Man, but I'm happy that Crofton had a week of bliss playing Spider-Man. Yeah. And then he's going to pay an additional $30 to to get a couple days of bliss every couple months until Christmas. So that's I've already exciting. done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. good stuff uh now this one i think you you uh, you're not gonna get to buddy buddy with mike morheim at blitzcon this year maybe because he's not gonna be ceo of blizzard anymore no he stepped down after a long career founding the company uh silicon and synapse mm-hmm. and changing it to blizzard and paying people off his own credit card when he couldn't afford to pay their payrolls up to today when honestly it's the only company that demands tens of thousands of people fly from all around the world every year just to celebrate their line of products um which is insane that's blizzcon Um, is it the only there's got to be another company um no blizzcon is to celebrate blizzard games i no one goes there to celebrate activision games what about minecon maybe video games a video game company yeah. What about yeah, QuakeCon? Disney's got it beat on the scale of people who come around. Like, of course. I'm talking about video games. Like QuakeCon, right. maybe? But and, I, still, I think BlizzCon's still bigger. No, BlizzCon's definitely bigger. Yeah. I think they're on track again to break records again this year. Yeah, it's a big deal. Part of that has to do with all the esports events that everyone are coming to see. The Overwatch arena was incredible. I wish Heroes had an arena like that. But without getting too deep into it, he's created a... He's accomplished quite a bit. Yeah, he's, it's, it's a big deal. He's going to be on as a consultant or, or an advisor, which I like to think is he just shows up and goes into his office and plays World of Warcraft. He's like, go to Raid. I'll advise when I'm done. And then it's just like, Raid, it's just criticism on his like, own Raid team. But, I uh, think that would be, like, it's really nice that, I, I think there's been a lot of high-level departures at Blizzard for 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 mostly just good reasons i think metzen leaving that was that was not a not a good reason he left but it was a healthy it was health reasons um but there was you know some hearthstone departures and stuff but those were people who had who had done what they felt they needed to do and they wanted to try something different this is just this is a guy retiring he's he's worked there for 27 years he's been through a lot and he's remaining as a as a as an advisor like you said i think that's a huge you know sign that he's He's ready to step down as CEO, but he wants he still he still wants to be involved in, in this thing he built, right? Which is really exciting to me. Yeah, well, this his letter was like, see you on Battle.net. Like, I have no doubt that uh, sometimes, you know, CEOs and people, like, try and pass off that they, they're consumers of their product when you know they're really just a rich butthole that's mm-hmm. just, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, pandering to stockholders or for the cameras. Uh, you n- never got that impression. Mike never gave that impression, especially when he'd show up in Korean like esports events with his wife and just be in the an audience full of Koreans watching StarCraft too. Like <laughs> he's just some schmo who's like, oh, hey, showed up. What should hear? StarCraft. Like he's very passionate about StarCraft and, yeah. and the is the RTS genre. You have no doubt that this guy actually is legit into the community and what his company is doing. Or I have a question for you, Blizz heads. Mm-hmm. Um, See, here's the thing. I'm not really that into Blizzard, although every once in a while, like something like Overwatch will tickle tickle my fancy. But mm-hmm. uh, I know when Activision bought Blizzard years ago, there's a bunch of people who were like bemoaning the end of times. They were like, "Oh no, the Blizzard that we know and love is gone. It's going to be crushed." And then that didn't really happen. Like it just continued to be uh, a sub brand uh, and continued to to have its own sort of identity and all this sort of stuff. Recently 
recently we're starting to see destiny and other things creep onto the battle.net launcher and that but do you guys in any way like have any concerns about this guy stepping down and say the this being the moment now that the direction of the company changes or that that it becomes it gets diluted uh or anything like that is that no. something that people are no. talking about or worried no, about it can't be true because like i mean everyone leaves their indelible mark but it's such a large company mm-hmm. and their their vision uh, from the pr that they the marketing that they release on the subject and from interviews and take it with so you take it with a grain of salt because it's biased and it's you know marketing but generally speaking that it's a collaborative environment yeah so it's i think if a collaborative environment's working well the removal of a leader will have impact but they've brought up other leaders to take their place yeah. i would say the company that the people bemoan about blizzard died a long time ago and and there's been a new company there and they've been doing well with the new gen- next generation of, of games that have come out and like there's been a ton Ben Brode left Hearthstone, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Hearthstone's still gonna be the game that it is. Um Dustin Browder, you know, we cover heroes all the time on core, and Dustin Browder left and is like, ooh, he was there since inception. It's been fine. That Captain Adab is now leading that But those games hero. exist already. That it's just keeping the lights on and adding new content. I'm talking about like the next generation of games. I think well, I mean uh, so rumor around uh, the campfire is, and it's funny, every year I've been on the show, uh, we've done our BlizzCon prediction, yeah. pl- predicted Diablo 4, but all signs strongly point to Diablo 4. After four <laughs> years, I will finally be right. Now you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Again, I will say, I ex- I'm flying to Anaheim, and I expect to see Diablo 4 or some next generation, literally on the main stage for the opening ceremony, and we don't know what's going to happen. But the first thing on the main stage after that is Diablo. What's next panel? Yeah. And it's the only Diablo panel like that's there. There's like the only red one in the schedule. And I'm like, clearly there's some secret panels. And clearly if they're doing a what's next right after it, it's, it's like it's just a clear sign that yeah. all things point to Diablo. But um, uh, that being said, like people have often criticized Diablo 3 for not being Diablo 2 right mm-hmm. there's been a lot of criticism about blizzard games not being what they are but they've still been massively successful they still attract a lot of people to enjoy their products cosplay art and and to, i mean even i'm starting to fly down there now too and it's sort of it sort of swept me up in the communities that they build around their games even when you don't like things that they do uh you still have built a network of, i've built a network of friends because of blizzard games and not because of any other game out there and, and that mm. deserves recognition I, I think that you you know i when you look at mike morheim and, and what he he and many other people set up he's always been actually blizzard developers as a whole have always said this isn't about one person this is about the team we've created and and when you have a a company philosophy that is that has been in in place for almost 30 years it's going to take more than a year of Mike Morheim not being CEO for suddenly that to to you know sift away. I mean, if even if you look at Apple and and how they've continued to do things, they they've they're still on that track. You know that that Steve Jobs track. Microsoft is a good example of you know Bill Gates leaving and and um, the other developers developers guy leaving as well, and you seeing a shift of that company. You know, uh, some would say to better or worse, depending on on your opinion on on Microsoft. They, they, tr- but... they enshrine their values and then they move on, and all companies eventually decay. 
Yeah. Um, all or, or all organisms and organizations, everything decays. Well, uh, so that, yeah, dark. That's true, Blizzard. But but what I would say is that, I mean, not dark. It's just everything. No, I know. Exists, I'm just kidding. Decays. Like you know, anything you look at will not last. It will. There will be varying lifespans to it. So our hope is, you know, Blizzard continues on for now in that way. But will the drive of the initial pioneers of that company still be there? No, it won't. And and that's okay. We have to be okay with that. Um, but I was going to say that Jalen Brack's taken over as CEO. I mean, that yeah. guy's been doing, I think, like intro business. He's been around for a while. Um, I'm, and I imagine there's a mentorship or what do they call that? Continuation, contingency planning, um, continuation training. Yeah. Um, you know, successor plan. In, in success, in successful companies, you uh, are mindful to be training and bringing up your replacements. And yeah. and Jay Allen Brack, he's been around on stage and in cameras for a while now, and I think he was a pretty cool pick. He's also a long hair. And that's great yeah no he he looks like, like a long he's, air ceo it's perfect he's gonna have a lot of fun and there's still lots of people at blizzard that have been there since day one and and he's still and mike moram's still gonna be there as an advisor so i think i think we don't have much to worry about here for for the time being i think i mean you know as a, a blizzard fan is blizzard still gonna be blizzard yes yeah in I, fact the only criticism probably it's gonna be too blizzard but yeah but oh, it kind of came out should... of nowhere right just i saw it on twitter i was like holy crap like is this actually happening? It, it, you just didn't like, expect it to happen. They're not superstars. They're just people that also work at jobs. That's yeah. how all of a sudden someone's pregnant at your job or someone has a life crisis or someone's retiring. Like it's. Bo, you should cosplay at this guy, as this guy at, at BlizzCon. <laughs> Who, which guy? Jalen Brack. The guy with, with the long hair. You should right. cosplay. I feel like that would be taken as like a dick move and not a flattering move. Uh, you're a Canadian. It'd be flattering. Hey, just make sure you wear your Canadian flag backpack. Uh, this felt like a, a you know a, a good a weird news segment to do without Jocelyn because she's both very much into Harry Potter. I have not gotten her opinion on the RPG. <laughs> and Sorry, well, you can bring it up again next. No, week. no. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that out loud. I, I'm just you know wrapping it up here. And also the the CEO of Blizzard stepping down, kind of a big deal for someone who is sure. is into. Yeah. A, a uh, Blizzard content creator, you know, mm. uh, a lot of her the things that she does revolves around Blizzard gaming. So, yeah, but uh, we'll have to get her opinion on that next week for sure. Uh, I'm more pragmatic about about some things. I'm just like whatever. It's a dude that works at a job is retiring. Like, cool. yeah, and, and I don't <laughs> and I don't care. So it kind of works out. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we brought the experts on. Uh, speaking of which, where can fine listeners learn more about what you two do bo i want to start with you uh this is getting long i know that's why i figured we might as well get you started and then crofton you can you can wrap us up yeah if you want to find out what i'm up to i am bo schwartz on twitter that's b-e-a-u-s-c-h-w-a-r-t-z gotta spell it because it's a weird one um and i do stuff like play dungeons and dragons live in front of an audience on twitch and for podcast listeners you can find that at therewillbedungeons.com. Uh, you can also find me uh, arguing with this guy, Crofton, and our other friend, Mike, on a little I... show that needs to get published. And we'll be, we're on Spotify now. Oh. Like every other podcast. Like the Twitter feed is full of, hey, guys, my show's on Spotify. We're not on Spotify. <laughs> we're on Spotify, too, now. Uh, you can find it's called Good, Bad, or Bullshit. And it's at uh, goodbadbull.com. Hmm. And uh, also, Core, if you like Heroes of the Storm, we do Heroes of the Storm show called Core. 
You've probably heard of it if you're into Heroes of Storm. That's a small community, and they they know stuff there. Yeah. Uh, Heroesforyou.com, and uh, and uh, I think that's all for now. I love all those shows. Keep doing them. Uh, and and you have an amazing French accent. It's gotta say. I mean, I get lots of practice. And, yeah. Uh, in the in that there will be dungeon. Simonac. We. Oui? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what this word is, Simonac. He's pretending you know French, but you know nothing. It's true. Crofton, tell us where people can learn more about your French accent. Uh, les gens peuvent me retrouver sur le Twitter at a commercial Crofton Steers Ermo. Um, all my shows are on there. By that, I mean two. Talking uh, Good Bad Bull with Bo. I was on my best behavior today, but I won't be next time we're on that show. Um, and, uh, and of course, Ryan and I, uh, we have launched a newest show. It's th three episodes deep at this point. Yeah. Exploring the balance between fatherhood and uh, enjoying our, our geek hobbies and, our, and, and the difficulty that lies therein. And of doing a zillion podcasts at the same time. And that show is called Dungeons and Diapers. And tgistudios.com slash dad is where you can find the, that show. Goodbadbull.com mm -hmm. is where you can find the other show. There. I did it. You did it, and uh, yeah, I'm really stoked that you guys were able to be here. Definitely check out all the shows mentioned; uh, they're all really great. And thank I'm you not so biased. much for the invite. I love yeah. this little tradition. I'm glad. I was like, oh yeah, we have to do this this year. We missed last year. So. Yeah, and I'm. I think BlizzCon week is going to be a weird one, where I think both Joss and I will be uh, MIA that week, so we might might not have a show that week for blizzcon we'll do blizzcon predictions we'll figure out a way but yeah that's true it was a it was a bit of a tradition and uh we we never we never got diablo right so maybe this year fingers crossed i mean it's done it's done yeah. wow classic diablo new crap for the other games yeah. and and uh a new patch for world of warcraft and wow classic done yeah. that's it give starcraft something easier easier what uh, happens to Overwatch? That's the one I care about. Uh, New hero and map or some yeah. crap. Like, like Hearthstone, Heroes, and Overwatch, it's like, it's the same old crap. Like, it's like routine. It's like just new hero, new map. It's good. It's okay, I call Overwatch 2. Oof. Okay, well, you can find us on the web, gamersinpodcast.com. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. You can find Jocelyn at Plays, Ryan at R. Murphy, Bo at Bo Schwartz, Crofton at Crofton Steers. You can tell them how crazy it is. Overwatch 2. Come on, man. They they sell so many loot boxes. They ain't going to reset that stuff. Uh, video versions of all yeah. our episodes will be streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are available after the fact on Twitch. Email the show, info at gamersinpodcast.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, Mike Morheim stepping down. Destiny 2, are you playing The Witcher 3 again? What a coincidence that would be. Let us know. All right, thank you so much for tuning in and have a great week.